everyone to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are here for the Week 11 recap. Make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google. I was about to say Google. Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are on Apple in particular, please make sure to leave a review. Make sure to give us a rating and let us know how we're doing and, and make sure to share wherever you are on social media, share on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, share the podcast, and let's keep getting this thing out here for good quality Big Ten content. I want to recap a little bit what happened this past week. Uh, first things first, for anyone who's a Notre Dame fan and you've been listening to the podcast, I'm going to stop picking them to get upset because I'm wrong every time. The, the only time I think the only time I've been right on them was when I picked them to win except against Cincinnati, but I, I'm just, I'm done. I'm not picking any, any more upset picks for against Notre Dame. I've been proven a fool too many times. I've been, pro- I was proven a fool all weekend long this past weekend. I was four and five on picks. And even the ones I got right, I, honestly, I think the only pick I really nailed was the Wisconsin Northwestern game. And I think that was probably the easiest one to pick. If I'm being honest, Uh, I think that the final was 35 to seven. I picked that 38 to six and it was never really a game. Uh, Just some, some odd results. So I'll start uh, with Oklahoma Baylor and obviously outside the big 10, I thought Oklahoma would win that game. And instead I'm not sure they have a good quarterback you know, and they, they're supposed to have two really good quarterbacks, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. Neither of them looked all that great. You know, part of it is, is Caleb Williams is young. He's a true freshman. But I was very surprised uh, at how Baylor just, I mean, they just beat him up. I mean, I think they had nearly 300 yards uh, on the ground. So really good win by Baylor. Uh, good for Dave Aranda. Um, really making his mark there. And uh, yeah, I think the Big 12 is out. I don't think the Big Big 12 is getting a team in to the playoff. I think they're eliminated from it, unless if I, unless if Oklahoma really redeems themselves. They maybe they beat everybody else, and then they get Baylor in the Big 12 championship game, and they they come back and win. But they 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 need a lot of help. So I think Oklahoma is is probably out of the playoff race. Another game that I just want to talk about real quick. What about Rutgers? I, I didn't know what to think of Indiana, but I mean, Rutgers just beat the tar out of, uh, out of Indiana, which is not something you typically say about Rutgers. And I mean, they did it to temple earlier this year. And I'm to be fair, everybody's done that to temple, but just really impressed with the coaching job that Greg Shiano's done has him at five and five, you know, has him at an outside shot at a bowl game, which for Rutgers is honestly a big deal, you know, so really good job by Greg Shiano, really good job getting them back on track after that blowout loss to Wisconsin, you know, they lost 52 to three and they come back and, and beat Indiana again, Indiana's really struggled. They've had a lot of injuries, but again, for Rutgers, this is a sign of progress on the flip side of that. It, it feels, I mentioned this on Twitter. It feels like that 
progress that we thought Tom Allen had made under Indiana, um, that it seems like last season was more and more looks like a fluke from Tom Allen. And so, which is sad. I think they coming into the season, I think they, they did have a legitimately good defense, but they've been hit by the injury bug. I don't think Michael Penix ever came back the same as he did last year. And they never got the momentum that they, they started with last year when they beat Penn state surprised by Michigan Penn state a little bit. Uh, although I'm not surprised that James Franklin manages to honestly choke away a win. I thought Penn state was the better team on Saturday. Part of that was Blake Corum was out. So they had, they didn't have as much explosiveness on the ground, but honestly, I, you know, James Franklin, you go for it on fourth and two with a fake field goal in the elements and you try to throw a pass to your kicker and he tries to justify it at the end of the game. James Franklin is a great recruiter. And I've said this many times. He's a great recruiter. He's a charismatic guy. He needs to be done at Penn state and Michigan. I thought, you know, I, I think Michigan got lucky because I think I think they are still in the Big Ten race, and they're very lucky that they didn't lose that game. So, you know, good job by Jim Harbaugh to win that game, to stay in it, to not to not kind of collapse under the pressure. But I think Penn State lost that game more than Michigan won it. The, the, the last game I'll talk about real quick, I was kind of shocked at how Ohio State throttled Purdue. I knew that they would know what was coming, but they handled the best pass rusher they faced all year with ease. And part of it was they could focus on him because he's their best defender by a mile in George Karloftis. But Ohio State could have named the score and they scored on every drive in the first half. Uh, Garrett Wilson showed the nation, I think, why he is the best receiver on that team and maybe the best player on that team. He is phenomenal four touchdowns three through the air uh it, it's it's a shame that we're only going to get to see him in the horseshoe one more time and then obviously uh in ann arbor but he is a legitimate stud and he's going to be phenomenal at the next level so uh big big weekend for the big 10 ohio state michigan state michigan still kind of in the driver's seat in the east uh, Wisconsin, obviously, still really in the driver's seat in the West. They, I think they still have Minnesota, but they, they, they're, they're clearly in the, the driver's seat at this point uh, for a West title. Iowa needs Wisconsin to lose a game if Iowa wants a shot to get back in it. So let me, let me go through the power rankings, and then I'll give you my top 10, and then I'll We'll pause and I'll give a little bit of what I'm looking for in the playoff committee uh, going forward. I'll start from the bottom again. And, and if this sounds very familiar to last week, it's because not much changed. So number 14, Indiana, he got beat by 35 against Rutgers. You're the 14th team in the Big Ten right now. And number 13 is Northwestern. Uh, a lot of that's because of record. I think they're, they're three and seven right now one big 10 win. So, you know, they, they did beat my number 12 team, but 
I, I've got to give credit to where credit's due. And Rutgers is is five and five. Uh, I'm very tempted to put them above Nebraska, but you know I think Nebraska is better than its record. So I've Rutgers twelve, Nebraska eleven, Illinois ten. Uh, Nebraska and Illinois both on a bye. Um, Illinois four and six, but obviously has the win over Nebraska. And I actually, as I think about this, maybe I should put Rutgers above Illinois because Rutgers beat Illinois. Um, didn't think about that. I'm going to keep it the way it is because I, I think if Illinois played Rutgers 10 times, I think Illinois might win six or seven of them. That's not the greatest rationale, but I just have a tough time putting Rutgers at 10. 14 through 10 is hard. I'll just put it that way. And I, honestly, 14 through nine is hard because nine is Maryland. Maryland, uh, again, five and five. They have a shot to get bowl eligible. I think the, the game against Rutgers is going to be key for them um, to get to bowl eligibility. Number eight, Minnesota. PJ Fleck, you know, I thought he would beat Iowa this week and they did not. And I think they've lost a lot of the momentum that I thought they had from wins earlier in the season against Purdue, against, um, against Nebraska, against some of those other teams. So I got Minnesota at eight Purdue. I've got at seven, you know, obviously Minnesota beat them, but you can't ignore their win Purdue's wins against Michigan state and Iowa. And again, Purdue's losses, are all respectable, quite honestly. Even Minnesota is fairly respectable. And then their losses are to Wisconsin, to Notre Dame, and then Ohio State. All top 25 teams, two top 10 teams. So I've got Purdue at seven. Penn State, I've got at six. Uh, Penn State, I, you know, I, I, I think Penn State could have been and maybe is the second most talented team, but their run game's a mess. And Clifford, uh, he's hot and cold. And, uh, you know, Penn State fans know that. But Clifford is brilliant at times, and he is awful at times. And I say that I, I like Clifford. I think he has a little bit of Baker Mayfield to him. Uh, obviously, hes I don't, I don't think he's going to be a, a quarterback at the next level. But he... He has a lot of tools and he's a gamer, but man, you wish he'd be more consistent because I think they would be nine and one if he were more consistent. Like he played excellent, uh, excellently against Ohio State. And I thought he played excellently against Auburn, but for some reason, he just can't get it together. Um, when, you know, he can't put it together play to play. Number five, I have Iowa. Um, I'm not as convinced about this, about them, but they are eight and two. You know, they're, they're starting to rebound. The win against Minnesota is like, it's a good win. Seems like they found something with Padilla at quarterback. So I like Iowa at five. Wisconsin at four. Um, I was flirting with Wisconsin being in my top 10 this week, which is crazy to believe because earlier this season I didn't think they had anything um but they're seven and three and whoever gets them in the big 10 championship game assuming they win out 
it's going to be a tough out. Their, their defense has really rounded into form. Their running game is great. Graham Mertz is starting to play better. So I, I like Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin wins out, gets to the Big Ten championship game. It's probably going to be in the top 15, maybe even the top 12 by the, by the time that that conference championship game rolls around. But number three, I've got Michigan. And number two, I've got Michigan State. Unlike the playoff committee, Oy, because Michigan lost to Michigan State. Did we forget this? As I say that, I realize that my own top, my own power rankings has inconsistencies. But alas, in terms of the top three, they all have one loss, and Michigan State beat Michigan. So Michigan's three, uh, Michigan State's two. Another reason why I've got Michigan State two, that their offense is, I think, more dynamic. I think it's it's the best offense outside of Ohio State. And I, I think a passing game travels, and I think their running game is, is fantastic with Kenneth Walker. And then number one, I have Ohio State. Again, I think their offense is dynamic. I, I think Ohio State's might, when they are clicking, when their offensive line clicks, they are the best offense in the country. The question is, can they be consistent? So that's my question for Ohio State. That's my power rankings. Um, obviously, Ohio State showed that against Purdue. Uh, let's go to the top 10, and I'll, I'll kind of share a little bit about what I'm thinking with, with my national top 10. At number 10, I, I didn't want to put anybody. Like, I was really tempted to put Wisconsin. I was tempted to put Texas A&M, and I'm like, those are seven and three teams. But you just look at the other teams there and you're like, do I put Oklahoma there? They looked bad. Do you put Baylor there? Uh, they lost to TCU. You know, who do you put? I, I put Oklahoma State. You know, they're nine and one. They beat Baylor. I, I feel like it's a placeholder pick right now, if I'm being honest. So I've got Oklahoma State there. I have Notre Dame at nine. I think Notre Dame is playing really well right now. I mentioned in the beginning, I, I'm done picking them to be upset. I think they're gonna they're gonna roll into the New Year's six. Uh, Ole Miss at eight. Ole Miss is getting healthy, and I really respect I really respect them as a team. I think they're they're really really good. Matt Corral again, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So I got Ole Miss at eight. Cincinnati at seven, and some people might take exception to that. A couple things. One is for three weeks in a row, they've struggled with group of five competition. And not, not just group of five competition, but bad group of five competition. But also, I'm expecting at least three teams ahead of them to lose. In fact, two of them have to lose. Uh, and I expect, actually, no, three, three of them do have to lose at some point because of the SEC championship game and the big 10 round Robin that's, that's about to happen. So here's, here's my, the thing I want to just mention off the top and I'll, I'll talk about this more also uh, in the second part of the show. I think Cincinnati is getting in the playoff. I think Oklahoma losing really opens up the door for Cincinnati. So I, I like Cincinnati at seven for now, Michigan at six, Michigan state at five. I've got Alabama at four. I thought about putting them at two. 
because I think the strength of their win against Ole Miss is, is something that really does need to be considered. And when Ole Miss is healthy, they might be a top six team in the country. Like they're really good. And Bama beat them by three touchdowns, controlled that game. But I can't get past the, the past couple of weeks where they were playing it close with Tennessee. They played it close with LSU. They barely ran the ball. And I, I just don't think Bama – I don't know if Bama is better than the three teams ahead of them that I have ahead of them right now. And I know that the playoff committee – differs on that i think the playoff committee's nuts but i i did i did flirt with moving alabama up this week but i decided not to because of how alabama's looked uh the past couple weeks alabama has some opportunity to prove themselves in the next couple weeks they get arkansas then they get they they get auburn and of course then they get georgia so again i feel like with alabama i'm kind of in wait and see mode I have, I have Ohio State number three, and, and similarly, Ohio State can, is going to be able to prove that ranking or fall in the next, in the next three weeks, honestly, because they get Michigan State, Michigan, and if they win out, they get either Iowa or Wisconsin. That's going to be three, potentially three top 10 teams, if not top 10 teams, top 15, top 12. So if Ohio State runs the gauntlet, you know, they just beat Purdue, who was ranked in the top 25, they might get back up to the top 25 by the end of the season. That's, it's going to be hard to argue with that resume. I have Oregon number two. I think in my personal top 10, and I'm I'm going with who I think is the best, you know, who I think is best, which I I rail the committee on all the time. I'm close to flipping Ohio State and Oregon. I can't yet. Purdue, Purdue, like Purdue was a good win, but I just can't do it yet. I think if Ohio State beats Michigan State and Michigan, I'll probably start flipping them. And then Georgia, Georgia's won, and it's a considerable margin. Uh, You know that a team is elite when the opposing team scores a touchdown and makes it seven nothing early, and you're like, oh, Tennessee's keeping it close, and they're they just crushed them. Georgia is easily the best team in the country. And I say it week in and week out. I don't think they're invincible. I don't think they're like Alabama and LSU of the past couple of years. But Georgia is considerably better right now. Um, and I think it's going to take, it's going to take a big, big time offense that at least has an adequate to competent defense uh, to, to at least challenge them. So I I think that honestly, I think there's probably only two teams, maybe three that could really hang with Georgia at this point. And I, I think Ohio state and Alabama are the two I'm thinking about. I think everyone else would probably get beat by at least three, three to four scores. And it's because the, the, the defense is just so suffocating. Um, you know, I think Cincinnati would really struggle. Desmond Ritter's really good. They have a good receiver. They have a good running back, but you, you need an explosive, consistent offense 
and Georgia is, I mean, they, they don't need to be explosive to run up 40 on you because they just get the ball back so often and they turn you over and it's, you know, they're scoring 40 a game with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. And that's, you know, I think that that's pretty darn good if you can have a guy like that. And I, you know, Stetson Bennett's a a good game manager, but he's not going to be in the NFL. He's a Georgia legacy. He's a walk-on and, you know, the fact that he's back there and they're scoring 40 plus a lot of that's on the defense uh, as well as the, the offensive line and the running game. So Georgia, Georgia's superior to everybody right now. So that that's my top 10. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, Make sure to, to make comments in the chat or not in the chat in the, in, in the reviews and whatnot. I'd love to hear your thoughts about different, about these different teams and about the rankings. I'm going to take a break. And in a minute, we will talk about what I'm looking for in the playoff show next week or not this week, not next week tonight, because you'll be hearing this tonight, uh, today. And yeah, we'll let's take a break and we'll be back in a minute on the big 10 football talk podcast. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. I have been very critical of the committee over the past couple weeks. Ironically, as I do my own top 10 and do my own power rankings, I realize how much of a hypocrite I am. So again, ranking teams is hard. It's really hard. And it's especially hard this year because of how much parity and how much just how much nuance there is right now with different teams that college football nerds uh, put it really well in a lot of years, you look at the quality of teams and you just kind of know who's, who's better based off a transitive property and, and all that, like this team beat this team. And that means this team is better than this team. And it, and they they were right on this point that a lot of games are really dictated by matchups and not necessarily by quality which you see more in the NFL. And honestly, you see it more in high school. You know, you see more, it's more matchup driven rather than just quality of talent because in high school, you're not recruiting. uh, At least most of the time you're not recruiting. And in the NFL, you're not recruiting. You're building rosters from the best talent. Whereas in college football, particularly FBS, division one, the top five to eight teams are getting most of the five-star prospects and in this day and age whoever has the most stars is going to be the best teams most most of the time so there's that reality there okay that's a that's a reality of the playoff so ranking teams this year especially is hard because you know Oregon is does not have the same amount of talent as Ohio state and yet Oregon beat Ohio state. And so how do you rank them? And so I understand the committee and the the committee's dilemma. We're going to talk in a later show about what they need to do with the playoff rankings. Um, But I'm just making a concession here. You know, I've railed on the committee the past couple of weeks, you know, just looking at my own rankings. I'm like, if I were an outside observer, I would also take issue with my own rankings. And I think it's just realizing, yeah, it's hard. Like it's hard to rank teams this year. Um, A lot of it is subjective. 
which my solution is, well, let's do away with the rankings and actually move to an objective system. But that's for another podcast. So I'm going to talk a little bit about what I'm, I'm looking for in the playoff uh, committee this week. First is I'm curious to see what they do with the top 10. You know, I think one through seven is probably going to be some variation of the same top seven teams. You got Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State, uh, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State. Do they punish uh, Cincinnati for another subpar win? Do they drop them and do they move Michigan and Michigan State? Do they flip Michigan State and Michigan at all? Uh, I doubt it because I think they've, aside despite the fact that Penn state is six and four, I think they do view Penn state as a good team. So I think they will keep Penn or I think they will keep Michigan and Michigan state flipped because they're dying on that Hill at this point, as dumb as I think that, it, that, that is, they've decided to go there. I think if Michigan state beats Ohio state, that will, I think that will change the narrative for them with Michigan state. But we'll we'll see what happens. I'm curious also to see if they have Ohio State flipped with Oregon at all. At this point, they have not used the same language with Michigan and Michigan State as they have with Oregon and Ohio State, which I think is the right thing to do. But you know, Ohio State just trounced a ranked team by 28. And Oregon struggled again with a team that's barely 500. Actually, I think they are 500. Um, if I look at the Pac-12 rankings here, let's see, they are five. Yeah, Washington State's five and five. You know, they were tied at halftime with them. You know, do they move Ohio State above Oregon? I don't. I don't know if they should. I. I think they'll keep Bama at two. I. You know, Bama beat their little sisters of the poor opponent this week. Uh, 59 to or something ridiculous to three um you know their second one or it's new mexico state this late in the season i i i can't stand sec scheduling put it on the list of all the th- all the grievances i have with major college football um but they if if they didn't move alabama down from last week with LSU, they're not going to move them down from uh, a 40 plus point victory over New Mexico state. So I think the top seven is going to be intact. I think the real question I have is how are they going to organize the teams below them to justify their rankings? Because that's what tends to happen. You know, we saw it with, you know, with Mississippi state a few weeks ago, uh, is Mississippi State going to appear back in the rankings because they just beat Auburn by nine? Um, is Purdue going to drop out of the rankings? You know, where are they going to put some of the the other you know top fifteen teams? Uh, where are they going to put Oklahoma? I, I think that's a that's a key question because where they put Oklahoma and where they put Baylor and where they put Oklahoma State, that's going to give a lot of it's going to give us a lot of clarity as to whether the big 12 still has a chance to make a run. The other team I'm curious about is wake forest. They just beat NC state and you know, they had, let's see, I think they had the 
NC State uh, 19th, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see, I'm, I'm pulling up the CFP rankings now, I forget where they had, um, they had NC State 16th um, and they had Wake 12th. So I'm curious to see where Wake ends up. You know, they had Oklahoma State at 10 last week. You know, so what happens to Oklahoma? What happens with Ole Miss beating Texas A&M? Yeah, so there's just, a, I think that's a lot of what I'm curious about. Curious about Arkansas, where they end up. Um, yeah, so a lot of intrigue right now with the bottom 15 of the poll, because that's going to, it's going to help justify a lot of their rankings of the top seven, top eight teams. So yeah, very curious to see what happens there. Um, the, the other thing, and this is, this is unrelated to the CFP, but I want to just touch on it real quick because they're a major program that influences other programs. I, I just do not I don't get Florida. Florida, I mean, I thought they were a legit team early in the season. I, you know, I was, you know, making fun of them earlier because they were, you know, how could you give a ranking? But I thought, I, I legitimately thought Florida was going to be really, really good this year. And, you know, if you look at their, just their, recruiting rankings you look at all that stuff you know you would think wow they're, they're going to be a really good football team they have a lot of talent and i mean they gave up what 52 points to Furman this week i i think i read that dan mullen is is being let go at the end of the season i, I just if you're in a florida and this is true of florida state it's true of miami it's true of florida if you are at a Florida school, how are you not a perennial eight to 10 win team minimum? Like you are in the most fertile recruiting ground in the country. Maybe Texas would have something to say, some, something to say about that. But how in the world are the Florida schools so bad? I, I, I just don't understand it. And it's not like, like Dan Mullen, he's not a great coach, but he's not terrible. Like he's not five and five or four and six bad. I, Mike Norvell, I thought was going to get things turned around and maybe he will get things turned around at Florida state, but I, how, I do not understand how you could be at those schools. And then another one is Texas. You know, I heard some, you know, people talking about giving Sark, uh, Steve Sarkeesian a pass because it's a total rebuild. And I'm like, this is Texas. Have you seen their recruiting rankings? Have you seen, like, I'm sorry, if you can't go at least 500 there, like you're a terrible coach. And I get not everything's about recruiting, but 
Texas is in a bad conference. I mean, a terrible conference with three decent to good teams. They just lost to Kansas. Kansas is awful. What is going, again, Texas is in one of those fertile recruiting grounds. And I get that, you know, coaching is hard. I don't know everything that goes into it, especially at the college level. But what is going on at these Florida schools and the Texas school, the California schools? Like, how are these teams not getting more talent to stay in the state? How are they not competing for conference championships and even national championships? I cannot believe that Texas, USC, and Florida and Miami haven't competed at all for a playoff spot. We're we're eight years into the playoff. Texas has never been in it. They've never sniffed it. USC has never sniffed it. You know, maybe they flirted with it last year when it was a, a shortened season. The Gators claim to have been good enough last year until they threw a shoe. And then they complained about not getting in. And my, like, Miami is just not like, I don't know what's up with Miami. But I, I, I am stunned that those programs, and I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but how are these teams not making it even close? It is good for the Big Ten because some of the, some of the players that the Big Ten are getting, you know, Ohio State's getting guys from California, Texas, and Florida. Penn State getting guys from Texas and Florida. Um, you know, Michigan getting guys from California uh, and, uh, and Florida and Texas. You know, the, a lot of Big Ten programs are benefiting. You know, how else is benefiting is the SEC, unfortunately. Uh, Notre Dame benefiting uh, from that as well. So it, their loss and them being down is really for the Big Ten's gain. But at this point, it, it feels like the, the power in college football is centering predominantly in the SEC and then secondarily in the Big Ten and in Notre Dame. And I will t- I'll give you two programs that, that are outside of that, although one of them is going to the SEC. And it's Oklahoma and Clemson. Before people start saying, well, Clemson, they're terrible this year. They're seven and three. Miami would take seven and three right now. But also, my Clemson is not going away anytime soon. Look at their recruiting. Dabo Swinney is, as much as I would love to troll him on this podcast, he, he can coach, you know? Maybe he's the 11th best coach. Maybe. No, he's probably better than that. As quip from last year. All right. I've, I've ranted long enough. Point is, very curious to see what happens 11 through 25 in the college football rankings to see how they justify things. Hope you enjoy the rankings reel tomorrow, uh, tonight. And uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your reactions to it. So thanks for listening to the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We'll be back on Thursday morning for game picks, including the big one, Michigan State 
at Ohio State. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be fun. College game day is going to be there. Maybe you guys should go too. Signing off. Have a good night. God bless. God bless.